the Ghost Goal Podcast. City slipped up while Liverpool doubled up, as the lead at the top was cut to one point, with both teams on 29 games, with nine games to play in the Premier League season. City dropped two points at Crystal Palace Monday night, while Liverpool got two wins, one against Brighton and the other earlier today against an impressive Arsenal side. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to episode 349 of the Ghost Goal Podcast. Javier, how you doing, man? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you guys in a minute. Yeah. Don't go, don't go off about the Arsenal Liverpool game just yet. We'll get to you in a minute. Doing pretty well. We'll uh, I'm pretty calm. You know, everything's, everything's fine. Fine. Every, everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. You know, still on track. Still on track. There's not a lot to preview this weekend. We're just going to come out and say it. Uh, if you're looking for previews, we got like a couple of decent games: Aston Villa, Arsenal on Saturday, Tottenham, West Ham on Sunday. Maybe a couple of FA Cup games if that's what you're into. Uh, but this one's mainly going to be about reacting to a whole host of results that happened over the past week, including the official reopening of a very intense title race between Manchester City and Liverpool. It's down to one point now. Who, who are you favoring, Javier? Who do you think is going to win the league this year? Man, I mean, I, I, I'm still going to stick with Manchester City, but it's really hard to doubt Liverpool at this point. I mean, I almost want to give it to Liverpool because this win today also like is is, is helping me sway me because... It wasn't that it was comfortable for Liverpool today because the the Martin Odegaard chance right before the goal, their goal, made the game nervy for them. But in, once they went up, to be honest, like the way that they controlled the game, like they're one of the best teams. They're you know top three, top four team in the world right now. And City, I don't know why sometimes on their, you know, like even the amount of possession they have, the chances they get. Everyone will always come back to them them not having like a true center forward or goal scorer in the squad, you know, like a twenty five goal a year scorer like Liverpool have in seemingly loads right now. You know, they have the top three goal scorers in the Premier League, and then they've added Luis Diaz. I, I it, when someone comes from behind in such a deficit like Liverpool have, I, I want to give it to Liverpool. Like I want us to change my mind. I've been saying City all season. Yeah, I mean, we called the title race. Yeah, I called it personally. I'm just going to be transparent because I was obviously wrong. And I said after the the Chelsea win, or sorry, the Chelsea loss at the Etihad when they beat us in, I think it was like mid-January, something like that. That was like right around the end of City's like 14-game win streak. And we've seen City do this or do that like three of the last four seasons where at one point in the season they just go on you know the cute death star juggernaut music right around here they go on that kind of run and you know if no one can force them to slip up and throw their momentum off they usually just win the league so i felt pretty confident and i stand by the fact that i was confident city were going to win the league from that point but I say all that just to say how impressive it is that Liverpool have rattled off this nine-game winning streak. They took Salah, Mane, and Keita being out for African Cup of Nations. They took that on the chin and just you know kept on going. Jota stepped up during that time. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's very impressive. And like you mentioned, adding Luis Diaz to that that equation is he, he's been so good. The, you know, he scored the the first goal and put his, you know, his literal physical health on the line to get that first goal against Brighton over the weekend. I don't know how Sanchez wasn't sent off for that, but that uh, that that won't be talked about, you know, nearly as much as it should should do. 
Uh, but that was a Brighton team that they they drew at home earlier in the season. They hadn't beaten they them in three in the last the three games. They hadn't, it had been three games yeah, so, that Brighton had had gotten a, some sort of result against Liverpool. And and then for them to follow that up and go to the Emirates and beat you guys, I mean, don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only teams that have beaten Arsenal at the Emirates this season have been City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, right? Yeah, that's it. Like, it, it's a tough place to go. You, you guys have had a good home atmosphere this season. Uh, I feel like right around the time City lost that Spurs game, because I think that's when people started realistically talking like, oh, can Liverpool get back into this? Around that time, I think I came on here and said uh, like that 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 result has more to do or makes me more more worried for City's chances of winning the Champions League than it does the Premier League. But I think I was wrong in that regard because it, it just feels like it's starting to stagnate a little bit. A little bit, because even that Everton game, remember, the one right after uh, the Tottenham game, they won right. with that last-minute bullshit penalty. And, and then the Rodri, well, it wasn't a penalty, it was like a mistake from Keane. But then Rodri had a handball yeah, that's that what wasn't it was, given. Right, that's what it was. And, and it's like very contentious that they even got a win in that. And if, you, if they get a draw in that, then it would be one win in their last four in the league, you know? So it, it it is a faltering form right now for Manchester City and yeah I, I got to give it to Liverpool. I'm I'm going to change my mind. Also because I thought Manchester City like it, like you said it, it feels like they've stagnated a little bit and Liverpool feels like they're just getting better, you know? Like they had so many options. They started with Jota, Firmino um and or, and or sorry Yota, Mane, and Diaz today and brought on Firmino and Salah. And with those five, like, who's going to be able to stop them in, 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 in the Premier League right now? It just doesn't feel like any team defensively has what it takes to, to stop this Liverpool team from scoring at least two goals on you. Like, maybe Chelsea, right? Well, maybe get, Chelsea, but... I'm, get, I'm, getting my, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but I was talking to you about this, you know, before we started recording, but the only team that is going to be able to stop either of these teams is each other, which is, you know, coming up April 10th. Uh, we have an international break, I think, after the upcoming uh, Premier League uh, uh, weekend. And then both the, those teams, Liverpool have Watford at home and Manchester City have Burnley away. You'd expect wins in both those games for those teams. But then all eyes turn to the Etihad for what's, you know, it's a title decider. If, you know, everything goes to plan in the, the games in between that, that's an absolutely huge game. And it was an amazing, uh, it was an amazing event the last time they faced off with the, I think it was 2-2 at, at, uh, at Enfield. Liverpool weren't playing anywhere near as well at that point. And City played amazingly and were kind of upset not to get the win there. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick by City still. But I don't feel good about it. And yeah, I'm changing to Liverpool. I mean, nine straight wins right now. They're on that imperial form, and they don't really have that many hard games left, other than the Manchester City game. So they got they've gotten a lot of their really really difficult games out of the way. And Liverpool, I don't know about that. You want to you want to hear the you want to hear the Liverpool schedule in the Premier League only. They're obviously still in the FA Cup, Champions League. Liverpool have Watford home, uh, Manchester City away, Aston Villa away, where they'll come up against Gerrard and Coutinho. Uh, Man United at home. Not that tough, I guess. Uh, Merseyside Derby uh, at home, uh, Everton at home. Uh, away Newcastle, home Tottenham, 
at Southampton home Wolves. Lots of home games in that, there. That actually, but that actually is that's not easy. I don't know how you can categorize that as easy. No, it's like, not easy. I'm I mean, they still you, have Manchester Newcastle United, away is going to be a bitch of a fixture. Yeah. Newcastle away, Villa away. I mean, yeah, they know they still they still have some hard games in there, but I. Just d- defensively, I don't know who who in there is going to stop this Liverpool team from scoring in bunches. I mean, they're just they're so they offer so much versatility offensively right now. You know, like the 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 hold up player Firmino and Salah, the speed in behind of Diaz and Mane, and then just like the the overall play of Yota just doing everything. It, it's such a scary. Uh, it has to be the best attacking force in Europe right now. I mean, I think it's obviously I said this earlier in Manchester City. They have more goals in Manchester City in the league now. And defensively, they've only conceded 20. Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, 75 goals in 29 games. That's three goals a game. 75 goals scored. City have 68 goals scored. City have conceded 18 and Liverpool have conceded 20. Uh, Yeah, it's strange to look at a goal difference plus minus at the top of the Premier League and see Manchester City first on points but then five behind Liverpool in terms of goal difference the the one main like I guess criticism isn't the right word but fault that you could draw from Liverpool going into this season was that they didn't have the depth to contend over a 38 game season with Manchester City and once Salah and Mane went out for that month in January, they were going to fall off a little so Liverpool bit. Liverpool haven't conceded a goal They've in obviously like addressed 500 that. minutes or something. Like It's been since that Norwich game where they were up 3-0 and conceded a goal. They have now four straight clean sheets, nine straight wins. No, they went, they went, they went behind in that Norwich game. Oh, did they? they right, uh, yeah, you're right. And you're then right. they scored three. But again, so it's been a, a long time that they haven't conceded a goal. Like This team is on crazy form right now. Mati played so well today against Arsenal. So did Van Dijk. Robertson. Matip's been better this season than Van Dijk. Yeah, Matip's been incredible. Matip's been incredible. Like, I thought Matip was probably Liverpool's best player. I mean, he was just slicing through our midfielders. He was he, 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 he was the one who was, like, Thomas played really well today, except against Joel Matip. Like, Matip just, like, bypassed him multiple times and, like, was able to get through balls in or ping balls out to Trent and to Robertson. And, I mean... I thought Arsenal played well today. Like, I was happy with the performance for the most part. Ramsdale shouldn't have been beaten at his near post. Uh, you, you want to move on to Arsenal I now? do. I do. Because uh, I think... I guess we got the yeah, picks Yeah, we got in. our you're, picks You're in. saying Liverpool are yeah, going to win and, the league. And I'm, I'm switching. Saying, yeah, I'm, I'm switching my pick. City. And then obviously we'll preview that, that City-Liverpool game when the time comes. Uh, but yeah, I just want to get a few minutes on, on that and lock those picks in. But... Uh, yeah, go off, go off on Arsenal. You lost two 0 but uh, yeah, no, I mean you're still you're fine. Yeah, Everything's fine. No, I, 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 I thought the performance wasn't terrible. You know, there was like I said earlier, there was that one huge chance Odegaard had where I think it was Thiago or Fabinho made a bad back pass, um, and Lacazette intercepted it, cut it back to Odegaard in like the twelve yards out, and Allison made an insane save like. Re- reaction save, really, because it didn't... I, I mean, uh, Van Dyke. It, it was going with so much power that Van Dyke or Matip weren't going to be able to stop it on the goal line. Um, but right after that, two minutes later, Liverpool got go down the field and score. And, I mean, I didn't think that that was ever going to be a goal from that position from Yota. For Rams to be beaten there, I mean, that was just so unlikely and so unexpected. 
I think it really gutted the team. And then Salah and Firmino came on and they scored again right after that and did the Liverpool thing where, you know, they kind of blitzed us for 10 minutes there. Um, we got, you know, we were able to compose ourselves a little bit and had a one Martinelli chance in the 85th minute where, you know, he was one-on-one with Allison and just put it wide. And if he had scored that, maybe we could have made it nervy for them at the end, which again, gives me hope that we didn't just like fold to Liverpool. We still had a, you know, a big chance at the end could have made the game more than what it was. Um, and we had two big chances to, to score on them, which, you know, there, there were, there were a lot of half chances but like Matip and Van Dyke were blocking shots left and right. And yeah, it was just Liverpool are completely on their bullshit right now. I think I thought for Arsenal to still have good possession against them, create some chances until that, that Yota goal, like there really hadn't been many chances for Liverpool. There was like one corner, five minutes in the game where they got like a shot, like a header from 15 yards out and Ramsdale palmed it out for another corner. But there wasn't many chances for Liverpool in this game. And I think that's a good sign for Arsenal that like, in the past, we've conceded like 25 shots to Liverpool. Like we didn't do that this time, you know? Yeah, we only conceded nine shots, three on target. That's that's pretty good against one of the, probably the best attacking team in, in the world. So we're not going to play Liverpool every week. You know, we got Villa away next. Villa defensively, or they played West Ham and they looked good going forward in that first half. They lost 2-1 to West Ham over the weekend. They looked good going forward. Um, but they were playing Coutinho, Watkins, Ings, um, and then like McGinn right behind them, like kind of a front four, which offensively it looked I can't really see good. Them playing that against you, yeah. Guys. Offensively I, I it looked really good, but defensively it, they just had so many guys. Like if they play Watkins and Ings against us, they're 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 not going to win the game. They're not going to get anything from the game because there wasn't enough like defensive work rate behind the ball and they're not going to have the ball as much as they did against West Ham. But even West Ham, like they bullied the shit out of them on set pieces, which were fantastic on set pieces. And I don't know. Uh, I, I just, Oh, so West Ham to be fair. West Ham are pretty good on set pieces. They are. And that's what no, I'm saying. West Ham bullied Villa on set pieces. And that oh, gives okay. Me hope. I, thought I thought you were saying the opposite. No, That gives me hope that like Arsenal will be able to do the same. I mean, Villa were on, you know, had won three straight games before this uh, West Ham game. But, you know, I think West Ham cooled them off a little bit there. And uh, I still so think it's going to be a difficult uh, game. Yeah, just to come back to the, the formation thing you mentioned, the, the main reason I don't think they can play both Ings and Watkins is that, like, yeah, it's tempting to play those two just so that you could have, like, a more direct option. But, like, one of their best attacking players this season has been uh, Matty Cash, the right back. He's he's had some excellent goals, albeit against like lesser opposition, you know, like Brighton and teams like that. But he's playing absolutely amazingly. And for him to do that, he does need a little bit of help and a little bit of cover tracking back uh, defensively. So for them to just play stick two up top, have Coutinho behind them, and then have a bunch have three midfielders working behind uh, behind that. It, it doesn't give. I wouldn't be Cash surprised if Gerard. Cover. I wouldn't be surprised if Gerard brings in Kanza and does a three like five at the back. Because I don't think that well, that's, what, that's what doomed Dean Smith. Like I don't think he's going to shift away from maybe his, not. But his but the problem is the is, is uh, Digne got hurt in the over the weekend and they had to bring on Ashley Young and if Ashley Young plays an entire game against. Gabriel Martinelli, 
like we're scoring three goals on them, you know. So it, 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 it's just Martinelli's playing out of his skin right now. He played so what, well what against about the Liverpool. Callum Chambers, the Callum Chambers revenge game. He's he's playing really well right now, you know, from a offensive standpoint because I think Konsa was out either injured or suspended, and Chambers came in at right back, and he's had a beautiful goal at Leeds. Played a great ball to Coutinho for the second goal against Brighton a couple weeks ago, uh, that led to a goal. Uh, led to I think it was Douglas Luiz's goal. That was a that was a signing. I don't think it was a loan, so he's going to be able to play against you guys, right? I mean, yeah, that's that seems like a it's an option for them to go five at the back. You know, they could play Chambers at right center back and cash it. They probably right won't do it at home. With, They're probably going to attack us, try to score goals, and it's probably going to be a fun like high scoring game. Not a lot of teams have been able to score a lot of goals on Arsenal, so I think that strategy might backfire on them, especially with the way that Saka, Martinelli, Lacazette, and Odegaard are playing right now. Um, I think Smith-Rowe might start for, from the get-go in this one. Uh, get-go. Um, I don't know who's going to be benched. Maybe uh, Martinelli. I mean, he worked his socks off this last game, so you know this is only a, a couple of days later, and it's it's the first kickoff game in, in, on Saturday, so... I wouldn't mind if Martinelli started off the bench and Smith Rowe starts in this one or Odegaard. I don't know. I still think Arsenal win it. I'm going to say 3 1 Arsenal. Okay. Going into this, uh, maybe not this week, but I think on last week's pod, we were talking about these next three games Leicester at home, which we haven't talked about, but you won 2 0. Uh, Liverpool at home. Yeah, it was so comfortable. I didn't even Villa think we had to game. talk about it. We, we were looking at the... I'm not saying we do need to talk about it. I'm just saying we looked at these three games and we said, what's like an acceptable number of points? And what, I can't remember exactly what you said, but I remember I think I said like four points is fine. Yeah, I think four points I mean, is not a You're still well set up yeah. to do that. You're still well set up to do that. But then before we started recording tonight, you're like, you're saying I'd be upset if we didn't win at Villa this weekend. Yeah, because is, because of is, the, like a, the, is a one one that terrible of a result? I think like, so. Just because of our form and where Villa are in the table, we shouldn't be right now. We've been putting teams in the bottom half of the table to the sword. There hasn't been any like with Leicester. Like I look at Leicester as still a better team than Villa and we comfortably beat them home and away. So we should be able to do that. To us and Villa as well. You think Leicester is better than Villa? I think they're both similar, similar level, right? I mean, Leicester's in the Europa League right now and are you know going to play tomorrow, probably going to go through. So yeah, I mean, I think Leicester's probably better. They're in, they're in the Conference League. They're not even in Europa yeah, League. But I mean, they they were in Europa League earlier in the season and then they got knocked out of the group stage. Uh, and, and and I I say that because I mean you know that like they're they're just getting Fofana back. Leicester are, and right, he's just he's probably going to play this first game on Thursday. It's going to make a huge difference. That guy was one of the best defenders in the league last season and turned them into one of the... Do you remember that run where he was on the team and, like, they didn't concede, like, for a long time? They were one of the best teams defensively for a long stretch of period last season till he went till he was out of the team. So if he can get back to anything close to his form, you know, which he's a young kid, I'm sure... I, I'm pretty sure he will. He thinks he's only, like, 20 or 21. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I think that it could be... Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Villa and Leicester kind of about the same level. I don't know. I just I just think of Leicester at home and Villa away as you know as very different in terms of like the the level of difficulty if, in those if, two fixtures. Arsenal have won three straight away games, so for the first time in God knows how long. So we've been pretty good away from home recently. Okay, so you're going to say three one. I think I think I'll go with two one. 
a little bit closer, but I think you guys you guys win it 2-1. Uh, that's going to be Saturday, the only game on Saturday, because there's uh, FA Cup fixtures going on this weekend, which will uh, keep a bunch of Premier League teams from uh, fulfilling uh, their scheduled fixtures for this weekend. Uh, but uh, to start the weekend, Wolves will host Leeds Friday at 4 p.m. Leeds have a little sign of life with a win against Norwich uh, over last weekend. Uh, right at the death, they threw the, way, the lead away uh, and then scored a winner to make it 2-1 and give themselves a little bit of breathing room in the relegation race. Uh, but that's going to be a very different prospect for them. And I don't know if... Uh, it's not that I don't like Jesse Marsh. I'm just still kind of waiting f- for, you know, a bit more proof that uh, they can go to somewhere like Wolves and win. Like, if they get, if they can even manage a draw at Wolves this week uh, on Friday night, then I'd be pre- pretty impressed with that. And they do have a little bit of a cushion now on Everton and Watford. So and I know main teams Wolves like had that. that bad run of form recently where they, I mean, they played some really, really good sides. So it's kind of uh, understandable that they... just the two losses to you guys. They have like good wins recently. The, they beat Watford four nil. They beat Everton one nil away over uh, last weekend. Well, that, yeah, no. This, uh, so they the, did have three straight losses, and they lost two nil to Crystal Palace. They lost one nil to West Ham. Right. Oh yeah. So there I was a lot of losses. That. There was like four or five losses in a row. They they were on right. really bad form. Um, but yeah, they've seemed to have turned around a couple of clean sheets, wins against Watford and Everton. But those are two teams that are fighting for relegation. So I'm not convinced that Wolves are completely out of their rut right now. Um, and I think that this could be a, a a decent time for this Leeds team to to maybe get a result. Um, but having said really that, so? having said that, uh, Podence and Neto, like primarily Podence, really just coming into this team. Um, I mean, like Jimenez didn't even start. I think in that four 0 win against Watford, like they started Huang, him, um, Podence, and Neto, and I I think Jimenez scored the first goal against them. Or was it? You mean the Everton game? Oh, it might have been the Everton game. Yeah, but he probably just thought we don't we don't need to start Jimenez against Everton. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking I'm I'm doing the very basic arithmetic of you know what you just mentioned: Wolves getting wins against relegation struggling sides recently, like very recently over the past week, and then they have another one. This one, this one's at home against Leeds. No, I I think so too. I'm gonna say, but I think it's gonna be a close game. I think Jesse Marsh has changed a little bit the identity to to try to make the team much better defensively. And this isn't the same team, Leeds team under Bielsa, so I'm trying to look at them with a different lens because this team put in great performances last season. We haven't seen it this season, but the players are still there. Rafinha is still class. Bamford is class. They, they have Bamford back. They have Bamford and back. If, if, yeah. I know Phillips isn't back yet, but if they can figure out some sort of balance in the midfield – and they like offensively, they have the talent. They've got some, you know, some decent defenders. I, I'm going to say two one Wolves, but I think Leeds make it close. I could even see one one here. Okay, I'll go two nil Wolves. I uh, I'm going to wait and see with Leeds. Uh, moving on to Sunday, there is uh, or there's two games scheduled for Sunday. Leicester hosting Brentford at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Brentford likewise, along with uh, Leeds, they. They've got a couple of wins recently to get themselves out of, you know, the discussion of relegation. I feel like I feel like they're safe now after that 2-0 win against Burnley over last weekend. And I think they had a the th- 3 or 4 nil against Norwich uh, right before that. So they're getting healthy and rounding into form at the right time. Uh, I, I have no idea how that one's going to go. I'm not even going to pretend to 
preview that because you know both those teams just seem inconsistent as hell but you you go for it if you'd like to I mean I think this is the type of game where Leicester are going to think that they they should be beating Brentford pretty comfortably at home here right so if Leicester don't get a good result here I'd be very worried for Leicester in terms of Brendan Rodgers possibly even losing his job because it kind of feels like they got to blow it all up. Maybe they keep Rodgers in and they let him do the rebuild, but... No, I think I think they're just focused on the Europa Conference League because they're not getting qualification to the Europa League through their league position this year. The only way they can realistically qualify for any kind of European competition next year is if they win the Europa Conference League which, you know, you get automatic qualification to the Europa League. Don't ask me why they named those competitions so similarly. It's it's a mystery to all of us. But yeah, I mean, I think they're 2-0 up against Wren. I should probably double check that. Give me a sec. Yeah, they're 2-0 up going into the second leg of uh, the game against Wren. That's going to be in France, so... Uh, you know, I don't think they'll, they'll throw that away, but that, that'll be Thursday... And, you know, then they have this Premier League game over the weekend. And we saw the effects of that against Arsenal. They benched like in Didi and Tielemans for the game against Arsenal, which, I mean, that was obviously they'd thrown they've thrown most of their eggs into the Europa Conference League basket, which I don't hate that move because you know, they're not they're not doing anything in the league this year. They're not getting relegated. They're not. Well, I think yeah, if, if if they can get a good result here, I mean, maybe they don't care about the league. They don't care. Maybe is they what don't I'm care. Saying. Yeah, maybe they just don't care. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they're just going to try to use Fofana for the Conference League, like you said. So, hey, it's a huge game for Brentford because 30 points, they're not safe yet. They need to get to 38, 39 points. Until they get to that, they are not safe. No team is safe until they get to around 39 points. So for teams that are fighting relegation, they every game is a cup final until they get to 39, 40 points, which is why I just wanted to mention, I think, teams like Southampton, um, you know, Crystal Palace, who now are on like 34 points, even Villa, who are at 36 points. I think now the Villa got those that push of three wins. So they got nine points from that. They're at 36 points now. They were at, you know, 20, 27 points before that. They were still looking at themselves like, oh, we might still be in some relegation trouble. I feel like teams like Villa, like Southampton, like Palace might fall off a little bit because they're not in that relegation, you know, danger anymore. So... Look at that. Yeah, the possibly, mid-table yeah, malaise. The mid-table malaise. It sometimes happens where these teams just get they'll just get destroyed in mid-season. You're like, whoa! Like, what? Why did they just lose six nil? It's like, where did, where did that yeah, come this from? Because yeah. they, they stopped. I caring. mean, the the biggest the biggest example of that is Brighton. Brighton were killing it as recently as January. They were on a great run of form. They had two draws against Chelsea. Played amazingly in both those games. Beat a bunch of other teams. And you know they've. I mean, I don't see their full form at the moment, but oh, it's five straight losses. Table, five straight losses. Five straight losses, and they've scored least. one yeah. goal in the last five games. Well, the thing I'll, I'll just add at the end there is I I didn't realize this until looking at the table now, but Leicester are only three points ahead of Brentford. So, do with that information what you will. Uh, let's move on to the last Premier League game of the weekend: Tottenham hosting West Ham, Sunday, twelve thirty p.m. It's a derby. It's a big one. It's one of those derbies that West Ham care about more than Tottenham do, but both teams hate each other vehemently. And they're both looking to to qualify for Champions League. I mean, I, I, you can disagree on a personal level whether you think West Ham are still in it. I probably would 
say they're they're not in it either and they're going to be more focused on trying to turn around this uh this one nil deficit that they have with Sevilla uh, in the Europa League that they'll uh, they'll play the second leg of that on Thursday um if they lose that Sevilla game I give West Ham a pretty decent chance of uh going to Tottenham and winning that just for the same reason we were talking last week about if Tottenham lose to United they're going to turn around and beat Brighton in, in midweek which they did and yeah, the the reaction to uh, a season changing result like going out of the Europa League at this stage would be for West Ham. They'd be bitterly disappointed if they went out, even to a side as good as Sevilla. Uh, they would turn right around in the league and I think take their frustration and anger out on Tottenham. But am I making excuses for myself <laughs> with these predictions? Like I know I was right this past week with the whole Tottenham thing saying like, you know, I can't predict the Brighton game because I don't know what's happened in the United one yet, but no, I feel I mean, justified just in that. Tottenham that came are so Jackal and Hyde. They keep doing it. You know, we've been saying it for months now where they had that result against city. Then they lose to Burnley. You know, they, they just, they don't have a focus right now that it seemed like even that run early in the season when Antonio came in, there were a bunch of draws thrown in there in games where they didn't create very much where you thought like, what's going on? It seems like offensively they've sorted it out a little bit, you know, Kane is scoring. Kulisewski's Kulisewski, playing yeah, really Kulisewski's well. playing super well. I think that, that yeah, offensively no, no is, is where Tottenham, yeah, where Tottenham have to, are going to have to, you know, pin all of their hopes right now because defensively, you know, they're not doing anyone any favors. I know, Bright, like I said, Brighton have scored one goal in the last five games. So, like, you kept a clean sheet against Brighton, but that's nothing to be, like, that proud of. Until I see, like, clean sheets against much better teams, I'm not going to buy Tottenham. what's Tottenham selling right now. So, I think this is going to be, like, 1-1, hard fought. I could even see West Ham winning it, like you said, because on set pieces, Tottenham are a mess, and West Ham are, are an yeah, absolute menace. Where, like, Cresswell is going to be feast. whipping in balls and... You know, if Antonio's fit for this game, also Yarmolenko, the, the the emotion of West Ham in the oh. last game, like that, we have to talk about that, right? Like Antonio gets hurt in the 52nd or 55th minute, Yarmolenko comes on, the whole, the Yarmolenko hasn't played since the, the war in Ukraine started, um, for, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, you know, he, he's just been dealing with his family and, and trying to get them out of the country and all this other stuff dealing, and he hasn't played at all. This is his first game back, comes on. 10 minutes after coming on, you know, scores a, a absolutely beautiful goal, like trademark from him. Cause he scores worldies all the time. I was about to say, that's like, he's one of those players. He doesn't score. He's not a great goal scorer, but he's a scorer of great goals. And that was just another classic. Also just like absolutely the emotion just of like everyone after yeah, he scored. Absolutely insane. And the whole he's stadium, like, even the Villa fans yeah, oh, everyone was standing clapping. and applauding. Absolutely. It was just like, and that deserved to win the game. You know, everyone, like, it just like, it felt right that that was the game winner and it'll go down in history as like, that was the game winner. So, uh, I'm going to say high off of those emotions, West Ham, you know, get some sort of result, either a draw or a win here. And I think I, like, I really want West Ham to get a result. I need to Tottenham to stay down. Cause I think to me, they're still the, the, the primary threat to me in top four. I'm not scared of United's Ronaldo hat trick. Yes, yeah, so they're they're level on points at the moment, both on forty eight, uh, with West Ham ahead on goal difference in sixth place, Tottenham in seventh. Uh, Tottenham still have a game in hand on West Ham though, so they could uh, jump them if they draw this game and then win the game in hand. Uh, but I, I'm right there with you. Like I, I, I was leaning West Ham win going into the start of this discussion, and now I'm 
the, the whole that you're reminding me about Antonio may not be fit. Like, I love Yarmolenko, uh, and I loved that moment. It was great. But with him starting, maybe a draw is probably as much as West Ham can hope for. Um, so I think I think I'd go high scoring though, and I'll go two two. Cresswell is yeah, also this, a doubt for the this game. This has made me yeah. Cresswell and Antonio realize, are doubts like, for the game. So, like, if Tottenham are still in the race for top four, which like they barely are, I don't really think they are. But if they are, then West Ham are. Like, if West Ham get knocked out of Europa League, oh, then West Ham you can, absolutely you can bet your ass. Gonna... I think they still are. They they have to still be. I mean, they're only three points off it. You can't you can't discount them. I apologize for the disrespect, West Ham. They still have to play you guys, right? They pl- still play you at home. Yeah, that's another one. That's, it's going to be really good. But yeah, I'll stick with 2-2. Two, two. Uh, let me just hit on... I just want to mention the FA Cup games this weekend because there are uh, four quarterfinal games going on in the FA Cup. Saturday at 1.15, Chelsea will go to Middlesbrough. Just to give a quick update of the constantly evolving and changing situation with Chelsea. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what has changed in the last week. Chelsea are still sanctioned. You know, there's still going to be a halting of all like business related activities at the club. You're going to see those sanctions sort of come into effect and be much more visible over the coming weeks if uh, a sale isn't finalized soon. Uh, But that looks like it's going along okay, uh, depending on what what your point of view, uh, where, you know, the investment firm that's overseeing the sale of Chelsea has been, you know, fielding bids this whole week. I think the deadline for final bids is going to be Friday. And from there, they'll assess each bid and go ahead with it. I think the optimistic uh, estimates for when a sale can be done, I think it was around the end of this month, the end of March, which would be which would be great. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to say it would be surprising if it took longer than that, because there's obviously like tons of different bids to to sift through and figure out which ones uh you know best for the the club overall at this point though you just hope that you can get someone or the the club can get someone that can at least maintain to a degree the uh financial output that would be required but mainly someone that doesn't have you know a horrific humanitarian past which is you know we, we could go from a uh, Russian oil. I think uh, uh, there, there was news to today that the Saudi owner Arabian. of the uh, owner of the Cubs has made a significant bid for Chelsea. Yeah, I was about to get to that because uh, the reason that came to light is because a bunch of Chelsea fans dug up an article where that uh, his name's something Ricketts, the Ricketts family. That guy basically said in an interview years ago that. People who practice Islam are his enemy as a Christian. He was saying like, oh, the Jews and the Christians can get along and coexist together. But the Muslims, because of their stated aim, they are they're our enemy. And I was just like, how the hell can this guy be our owner? Like, what the fuck is N'Golo Kante and Antonio Rudiger and Malang Sar and Hakim Ziyech? Like, what are these guys supposed to do when the owner of the club comes in and that well, shit's Well, before out it was there? an oligarch, so I'm sure they'll be fine. He's paying their paychecks. Yeah, but he wasn't a racist. <laughs> You know, yeah, probably was racist against, uh, you know, the, the Chinese like he, or something. Javier, Roman Abramovich is Jewish. Like, <laughs> like if he's not an Islamophobe, then how the hell can this guy justify it? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's just a whole list of bad options. Like, there's no way to to get any sort of billionaire with like a, who's a decent person. So 
what the fuck has this all been for? Uh, yeah, sorry. Just wanted to mention that because, you know, things are changing. Hopefully some uh, more positive news uh, comes in soon. Then on Sunday in the rest of the FA Cup uh, quarterfinals, there'll be Crystal Palace Everton at 8.30, Southampton Manchester City at 11, and Nottingham Forest Liverpool at 2. So did you want to mention any of those? I, I think the Southampton Not, I mean, City Nottingham kinda... Forest knocked us out, so... Let's see what they do against Liverpool. And they then knocked you guys out. They knocked Middlesbrough out. knocked Spurs out and someone else? Spurs and United. And United. So Middlesbrough knocked out two, Spurs and two United. Two giant killers. Um, I think both of those games should be fun to watch because right now Nottingham Forest and Middlesbrough are on a you know little bit of Cinderella run. So let's see if they can they can keep it up. That'd be awesome. If one of them made it I, I want to mention the Southampton. Cool. I want to mention the Southampton one just because I know Southampton have dropped off a cliff in terms of form. But their two games with Manchester City this season, they have managed draws in both those games. And, you know, Crystal Palace... Like you're saying they have that level. Had, had, like, if they want to, like, get to that I'm just level, saying, they, like, could, they could try to maybe win an FA Cup if they... if they Right, yeah. I'm just saying they haven't, had their, they haven't had their asses handed to them by Manchester City yet. And there's a level of confidence that that gives you. Like, oh, yeah, we can hang with these, with these guys. They're hosting the game as well. Yeah, they don't have the mental block that um, Arsenal has with Liverpool and City. You're right. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that one. Well, let's wrap things up there. There's going to be an international break uh, taking place next week. We usually don't record, but uh, I think we'll have the next round of Champions League fixtures finalized. So usually we'll take the opportunity for an international break to do a Champions League preview. So keep an eye out for that at some point over the next uh, week or two. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at asmos 92 and you can follow the podcast at Ghost Goal Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and drop us a rating and a review if you can. New ratings and reviews help new listeners to find the pod, and we'd obviously love it if you guys helped us grow this thing. Enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time, see ya.